Hey, yo, JB. What's going on, Dan the Man? You can't be serious. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to You Can't Be Serious. I'm JB. With me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Dan <laughs> the Man. How you doing? What's good? What's good, my people? Before we even get started, let me let y'all know, man, my nose is all congested and I can't breathe right, so y'all just bear with me. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm just going to let you guys know, we are already sipping on the drinks of the week. Yeah. So you are going to probably hear us in the background doing that because these things are delicious. But you'll find out a little bit about that later. So, Super Bowl, All-Star selections. We got a little bit of everything that's been going on. We've got players retiring. We have an ode to Kobe to talk about. We've got so much. So let's just get into it. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it, man. I mean, let's let's just get into this. So let's start with the NBA. Right, uh, we got the All Star announcements. Um, let's look at let's look at the West first. All right. Uh, so Dan, why don't you read off who we have in the the West for the stars? You mean like Team LeBron or yeah, like, oh, oh. Team LeBron? Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's how we're doing it now. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing fantasy drafts. Yeah, no more East West, but. All right, for Team LeBron, the starters, we have Anthony Davis, of course. He picked him first. Why wouldn't he? Um, we have James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, or whatever. I, I, I still struggle with his name. It's You got to have the H sound. It's Doncic. Doncic. Okay, cool. Doncic. And then, of course, LeBron. Let's, let's, let's hear the East. Yeah, so the East, uh, it was Giannis. Uh, who was drafting, and we'll talk about this in a second, but it was uh, Joel Embiid, it was Pascal Siakam, my man, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. I like having him as a starter. I'm glad that they chose that. Yeah, that that was crazy. Uh, So first of all, uh, overall impression, Team LeBron seems pretty strong. Pretty strong, yeah. Giannis, uh, he kind of struggled. It really looked like he just... He drafted terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I, it, like He's not going to be a GM anytime nah, soon. <laughs> Stick to basketball. I, I understand picking a beat first, but the rest of his squad, Pascal, Kimba, Trey Young... Like, he had chances to get Luka or Kawhi. Like, he had chances. LeBron picked first, so he could have got somebody else. So, that's just crazy the way he picked these starters. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is that by far the best player in this whole thing is Kemba Walker. Don't you dare say any bad word about Bro. him. I mean, no, Kemba, yeah, you play for the city. Shout out to I, Kemba. I will say, nobody has more heart. Yeah, this lineup he's, in he's a killer in the fourth. So. But yeah, I mean, I mean, LeBron, he knows what he's doing. He's he's basically a player coach. He's a player GM, even like, you know, Giannis is still real young. Yeah. Uh, LeBron is the the wise mastermind, who's you know he can still obviously play as well. But um, what were we thinking? Score wise, Le- yeah, LeBron. Definitely pick the best starters. Think about it. It's going to be him, 
Luca, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and James Harden. That's a crazy, crazy lineup. Who's gonna guard AD? Probably Giannis. But like, this is a squad that's gonna run the floor, and they're just gonna be too fast for the for Giannis's squad. And too furious, I think, too. <laughs> Shout out to Paul. Right. Rest in peace. But, uh, I mean, let's look at the other side. Let's, you know, let's give props to them. I mean, yeah, they're not true. scrubs. They're like, not, yeah. The one thing is I think that we have five players in the starting lineup that are going to play defense. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that. I mean, obviously, LeBron, AD, uh, Luka, all going to play defense. Kawhi, too. Kawhi. I... The thing is, though, he knows to be smart and to keep himself healthy. He's not going to risk anything. Yeah, he's not going to play And James Harden is not going to play any defense. Heck no. He's go, everybody's blowing past him. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if the if the G- Team Giannis wins, that I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah. I think it's going to be a defensive thing. And but you, t- don't wanna, you don't want to rely on that during an all-star game. Yeah, yeah, and they turn up during the fourth. We'll see. We'll just see. And, yeah, uh, so... Um, now, one more thing we want to talk about uh, before we go to the difference in the game itself is the reserves. So, uh, who are Team LeBron's reserves? All right, so we have Chris Paul. We got Damian Lillard, the killer. We got Nikolai Jokic. We got Ben Simmons. We have DeMontis Sabonis. We have Jason Tatum. And we have Russell Westbrook. Now... See, like, when you look at the starters, it's all West Coast starters for them. It's not until we get to the reserves that we really realize that they are drafting, yeah. you know? Uh, so, okay, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. So let's, let's go over Team Giannis's. Uh, we got your boy. You got Bam Adebayo. You got your boy, the yes. man, the myth, the legendary Brandon Ingram. <laughs> yeah. You have my boy, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, everyone's boy, Rudy Gobert, we like him too, and Kyle Lowry. Yes. So, when we get to the, the reserves here, I think it's more, it's more leveled. I feel like the playing field, I would still give the uh, Team LeBron the upper hand, definitely, if for no other reason because of Damian Lillard. The way he's going off currently, but it, you know, I can understand the argument as to how it's more even. Yeah, and I was just about to say that too. Damian Lillard is a big factor in this. Like, he gonna be the sixth man in All Star games. He pull up from the logo, and he make it. So it's gonna be dope to see him. I'm glad Brandon Ingram's in there. He's gonna battle it out, man. It's gonna be a good. Like the bench is gonna be really good. But when it comes to the starters, LeBron killed it. But I feel like LeBron with his starters being so good, they still gonna take it. And so there's going to be, obviously, several, I mean, there's going to be memorials. There's going to be a lot about Kobe and his daughter, Gianna. Uh, There's one thing that's really interesting that we've seen done, uh, something similar done in the basketball tournament, um, the $1 million league where you got a lot of ex-NBA college players. Um, So, Dan, why don't you tell everyone what's going on in the fourth quarter? So, in tribute to my boy Kobe, Kobe Bean Bryant, rest in peace. The NBA is not going to time the fourth quarter. The uh, the team has to reach 24-plus, whatever their score is. Go ahead, explain yeah, that. Yeah, so it's, um, I mean, I kind of think of it kind of like backyard rules. So, you know, when you're playing with your friends, you're not, 
you're not saying, okay, we're gonna play for 10 minutes, we're gonna play for 12 minutes, whatever. You're saying, we're gonna play to this, this amount. Whoever gets here first wins. Yeah. In this case, uh, it's 24 due to Kobe's jersey number, the second half of his career. Uh, so let's say, for example, after the third quarter, the score is 100 to 87. The winning team is going to have 124 points. Yeah, there you now, go. the team that's at 87 can possibly get there. Or maybe it's 199, maybe it's 103 to 57. You know, it doesn't matter what the score is. It's going to be 24 points added to the, the leading. leading team's yeah, total. Exactly. Okay, so let's like look at these rosters and there's, I mean, there's a couple players that are deserving to be in the all-star game. Of course, you only have so many positions, but who is the player you think is most deserving that got snubbed? Um, why don't you take the West Coast? I'll take the East Coast. Cool. Okay, who you got? So for the West, man, I definitely have Devin Booker, bro. He's been balling for the yeah. Suns, even though they haven't been... You know, too good of a team. For they, whose sons? Your sons. For my you, sons. Those were your preseason <laughs> team. That was your breakout squad. But Devin Booker has been consistent. He's averaging 26 points, six assists. He has a great field goal percentage, man. He's a baller. Yeah, so on the East, it was really easy for me. It's the most overlooked player in the NBA this season, in my opinion. Bradley Beal. I mean, he's averaging almost 30 points a game. Oh. He's got over six assists a game. I mean, he's just Mr. Do-Everything for a team where the only way to win a single game is if he does everything. Yeah, man. I actually, uh, I didn't even let you know this, but I, w I think I did tell you. I went to a Wizards game, and I got to see Bradley Beal play. Okay, yeah, yeah. You did tell yeah, me. He, you said that. I mean, so you got to see Bradley Beal and uh, uh, a couple guys off the street play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who know who, who they play? Was they, the uh, they played. No, nah, they played the Pistons. the Pistons. So I got to see Derrick Rose, which was real cool. Yeah. And um, what a crazy moment! Like some guy he had on a Derrick Rose jersey, and it was halftime. They had just came back in, and he ran down because we had some pretty good seats. He ran down to the gate, and he was like, "Hey, D Rose!" And D Rose looked at him and like gave him like a chest pound and pointed at him. So that was kind of dope to see him do that to a fan. But yeah, that game was dope. And that's one of those things that that's like uniquely NBA. Yeah. Like you don't see that with some of these yeah. other sports a whole lot. But that's, exactly. that's good to see. That You love seeing that. Yeah. Man. Okay. Uh, so who, let's say you had to replace someone for Devin Booker. Who are you taking out? Uh, the person I would take out is definitely Rudy Gobert. And that's just because, and you made an excellent point saying that the, um, the position-wise, it'll just be off. It'll be too many centers. And they already have Nikolai Jokic, and Jokic is a baller, man. He can, he can pass the ball, he can rebound, and he can score. So, Rudy Gobert can go. Yeah, and on the east side, I mean, I'm t I got to take out a center, too, because it's just that position isn't needed for the type of game that the All-Star game is, really. Yeah. Uh, unless you got a guy, you know, like old-school Shaq or how, like, AD is. Yeah. I mean, we have that, that all-pro kind of guy, but you don't need just a reserve. Yeah. So I'm taking out uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Mm -hmm. uh, I would. I don't even understand how he made it over Bradley Beal. I think that's a travesty. I think it's just because of the record, but... If we're looking at individual players, Bradley Bill way and, better. And that's like, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't judge a team or a player on the whole team's performance. Yeah. He can't control the other guys in that locker room. 
he can't control what the coaches are doing. He can only control himself. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it, it's crazy. But so that's who I would take out. No disrespect to him. Um, Sabonis is having, he's having a really good year. Yeah. He is. Just, I'm not putting it at All Star quality. Yeah, that's, that's all true. I'm saying. I can agree, that's all bro. I'm saying. I can agree. So after the All Star game and the whole All Star weekend is over, we get. One of the more fun things to see typically is we see the race for Rookie of the Year dwindle down. And a lot of times it dwindles down to two players. Last year, it was Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. This year, it's Zion Williamson and John Moran. And their careers are going to be defined by each other. Yeah, bro. They're always going to be judged based on the other person's performance to see whether or not they were worth the draft spot. Exactly. So... Let's see who I mean who we're kind of looking at now for rookie of the year. Even though Zion is he's only played a couple games, uh-huh. but he's been doing extraordinarily well. Uh, he's averaging way more minutes than I thought he would. He's at almost twenty seven minutes a game, uh-huh. just under twenty points a game. Uh, he's got about seven and a half rebounds per game. He's just he's playing like you want a young big man to play. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ja. Just under 30 minutes. He's Mr. Do-Everything, Mr. Superhero for that team. He's got uh, 17 and a half points per game, doing seven assists. He's he's why they're in the playoff hunt. Yeah, man. So, based on these past few games, who are you looking at? at who's ahead? All right. So, I remember, like, I think it was our second episode of doing this podcast. I said, I think, no, no, no. I think we it was an episode of our podcast where we had just broke the news like it's like as soon as you walked in my house they announced that Zion Torres meniscus and that was my pick to be rookie of the year but I was like John might get it but if, when Zion comes back he'll be a lot better so Zion for these last couple of games bro he's been killing when first of all his first game against the Spurs he came out shot four for four three mind you he hasn't made a three since that game but he has he's made one but Zion has been balling these games. and His rebounds, he's averaging seven rebounds, but they're like a lot of them are offensive rebounds because he'll go drive to the layup, miss a layup, and then go right back up, get his own shot, and put it right back up. So, yeah, Zion's balling. And John Morant, he's been doing it consistently. So, right now, I'm still giving it to Ja. Zion's only played eight games because Ja's been doing it consistently. But Zion has a lot more games to play, so he could take it. Yeah, and because of how little game Zion has played, we have a few question marks with him. First of all, the obvious one, can he remain healthy? Yeah. Number two, is his conditioning at the level where he's not going to get gassed over the next few weeks? True. Uh, And then, I mean, we just want to see once there's more film on him, once these players have seen him a couple of times, is he going to continue to consistently put up these same numbers? We know Ja, it doesn't matter how many times a player has seen him. He's going to continue to perform. And he's now getting better with time. He's aging like wine exactly. with a triple-double just recently. Yeah, Ja has been balling, bro. So right now, Ja, ja is definitely the front runner. I, I agree. If, if this ended today, I would give it to Ja, but it it's a marathon. It's not, it's not a sprint. So <laughs> we're going to see how things end up. Zion is not out of the picture. And so before we move on to the NFL... Let's talk about the trade deadline. Let's talk about, specifically right now, the Timberwolves and the Warriors. Excellent trade. 
Okay, so first of all, before let, let's before we even say who came out on top, uh, or who who was in the trade, who do you think came out on top? I think well, of course the Warriors because they're playing. They're not. They don't have their best players. So anybody they add is just going to be a plus when Steph, Clay, and Draymond come back. So if we're looking at who I think won the trade, Andrew Wiggins will fit in good with them. They can play small ball. That'll be perfect. I can't wait to see him play with the healthy Warrior squad. Yeah. I mean, once he's there with the big three, I think that just that locker room presence of them with him is going to help him so much. I think we're going to start seeing why he was a number one overall pick. Yeah, bro. Think about it. You remember when um, the Warriors had Harrison Barnes? You yeah. remember how well he fit? I yeah. think it's gonna be just like that. I think it's gonna be, we're gonna see the the Splash Brothers part two, but yeah, and I think that's what uh, I mean. I think that's what Coach Kerr is thinking. I think that's I mean he's probably thinking about that, and he's just trying to get things set up for next year. It really seems like yeah. Uh, once once he has a healthy squad, uh, but now so what about D'Angelo Russell? Bro. Do you think he's going to help the Timberwolves get to a playoff seeding? Yes. Well, I don't know about this year. Probably. We'll see. They're pretty down in the standings. But this is a perfect fit, man. Him and Carl Anthony Towns, they're like best friends. They they got good chemistry. I, I believe they played together in high school just for a little bit. But they're good friends. The only person they need, the trio left is Devin Booker. They're like a good trio. Best friends. They have a great interview on YouTube. Y'all should check it out. But... I feel like that's going to be a good future team, like a future good team. They're not probably won't be good right now because they're down by so much, and they got teams like the Blazers coming out, but they look good. One thing that dangerous that's in this trade that we haven't really been talking about, I haven't seen many people talk about in general, is that first round pick that the Warriors got because Ooh. it's so it's protected one through three. So if it's one through three, they don't get it. However. It can still be a lottery pick, which would give the Warriors two lottery picks in this next year's draft, on top of the fact that they now are going to have a healthy team next year. Yeah, so they're definitely going to the Warriors could draft pretty well. So I'm excited to see how this is going to go, bro. Yeah, and I'm excited to see how the Warriors come back next year against you know the, the beasts of L.A. Whew. So that, that's going to be fun to keep an eye on. NBA but okay. that, that's... That's for the future. Yeah, it that's for the future. Let's, let's talk about the here and now. Let's talk about sunshine. Let's talk about the weather warming up. Let's talk about heat. <laughs> the Miami Heat got the sixth man of the year every year, in my opinion, Andre Iguodala. I love Andre Iguodala. I do. I love him. He steps up when the moment gets big. He definitely does. It's going to be a good fit with them. Uh, they got Jameson Crowder, too, who's definitely a, a good gully player who's going to bring some attitude to that team. So him and Andre. Andre hasn't played in a little while. Uh, you know, he was on the Grizzlies, got bought out, decided, I mean, was wanted to get bought out, but sat, ended up getting traded. So And he got an extension. I think they said like two years, 30 mil. So. And I, I mean, I love that Miami isn't saying, hey, we've been doing better than expected. That's good on us. You know, let's pat ourselves on the back and try to finish strong. No, they're going out, they're making moves, they're getting good veteran players, and they're saying, if somebody can upset and make an Eastern Conference championship run, it's us. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, I love that. I love seeing that 
you know, the front office is being aggressive. Of course, Pat Riley is known for being aggressive, so it's not surprising. But it is nice to see. Uh, now, <laughs> Andre Drummond. <laughs> so he got traded to the Cavaliers from the Pistons. Yeah. And instantly, before that plane even lands into Cleveland, he has his <laughs> tissues out. I'm telling you. Like, I understand. Actually, like, man, nah, Andre Drummond, you was crying too much. There's no loyalty in the league. What have you done for them? Why would they consider keeping you? You was an all-star, like, twice. Of course, you were young. You get a lot of rebounds, but this is, like, he can't adapt to the game, bro. So, he's crying. This, nobody's loyal. He should have known that. Derrick Rose got traded there from another team. You see a lot of people go, they're not going to be loyal to you, especially when the team's not producing. When they draft you, they only give you but so much time to get to the playoffs or whatever, but just can't do it. So I mean, he's a Cleveland. So what? You're not Grant Hill. You're not Ben Wallace. Exactly. You're not any of these guys that have won games for the Pistons in the you know past years. Come on, just understand. I understand. You know Cleveland is not doing hot right now. They're a young team. They have a great young core, so he should be happy. I would. I'll be. I'll be glad to go to Cleveland. They got Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. They a beast, man. Just step up. Be the veteran player that you are, and take some of these young guys under your wing and win some games. Boom. Like that's all you need to do. Uh, I mean, we've had a lot. There's a lot of little trades. Um, let's see what we want to focus on here. We want to focus on how about. Atlanta getting Clint Capella. We want to see or okay, Timberwolves got so it's a four it's a four team trade. So I'm looking at this four team trade. There's a lot going on here. Um, I'm just trying to highlight some of the players. Timberwolves got Evan Turner. I think he's very underrated, as well as a 2020 first round pick this year. Nuggets got Gerald Green. He's been around. Yeah, he's, 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 he stays in the league. He does. He's a good and, bench player. And an, un, and an unprotected 2020 first-round pick. That's important. Yeah. Um, Rockets, Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a second-round pick four years from now. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I love when you see that. Like We forget about it. Yeah, this is, this is actually a really crazy trade because even though the Hawks are the worst team in the league, them getting Clint Capella and then possibly getting a really good pick in this uh, upcoming draft. It's a lot of good players. And then the Rockets, since they traded away Capella, they don't have a center. So they've been playing small ball for the past couple of days, and they've been winning. They they actually, uh, I think they beat the Lakers. So they've been balling, playing small ball. And I don't know, we're going to see. It's a very interesting trade. And moving on to the one and only NFL, to the championship game to the bowl that is super, to the matchup in February, to the commercial king, the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. I like that intro. Yeah. Wow, I was feeling it. Yeah, I, was feeling I like that. Andy Reid got his ring. And what did he do to celebrate? He got him on. Big old cheeseburger. And who do you have next to him? His trophy wife. <laughs> his trophy wife. I love that. I do. Yeah, I love right. that. You tell America you love your wife. Exactly, I love that. But so, uh, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, it, you know, the thing about it, and I knew this is how it was going to go. First quarter, crazy. 
Second, third quarter, boring. Fourth quarter, turn it up. Crazy. Yeah. That's how I knew. We were just going to have a sandwich with just some real positional battles in the yeah. middle. <laughs> it, was a, it was a real, real, real good game, bro. I enjoyed it. It's good. Patrick Mahomes, man, they, he is who we thought he he was, man. Like, he was down all throughout the playoffs in the second half. Down, how much was he down by to the Texans? It was a lot, probably like 28 points. Yeah, and he struck back, came back like lightning. I want to say 24 points. Yeah, he was down by a lot. And then, ooh, excuse me, then oh, damn, who they play next? So then after that, they went up against the Titans. Yeah, yeah, the Titans. And, and they, they were down, I think, 10, 17 yeah, points. Yeah, they were like down, that. came back, and they did the same thing in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, man. Yeah, so he's the comeback kid. Right? I mean, he's that guy that when you're down, you want under center. It used to be Tom Brady. It used to be Peyton Manning. It used to, you know, it used to be yeah. some of these guys. But, it, you know, we're moving down to the, to the new guard, the old guard. They're, they're starting to retire. They're, they're getting older. They're slowing down. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the new this generation yeah. of quarterbacks greatest of all time. He's exactly. going to be the one with the with the gold jacket. I mean, we have other people that are going to be great as well, but I think he's going to be the gold standard. He really is. And man, Kansas City. Yeah. They're fun to watch. And like I like shout out to Patrick Mahomes. He really did ball. He brought his team back. But do you think he should have got that MVP cuz Damian Williams went stupid. He went crazy. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from here, but Pat, I say just because of everything that happened, yeah. like it was a tale of two games for Patrick Mahomes. He had See. to overcome a lot of adversity. He was not playing well for a certain point, but then he came back, and he he's still, even though Danny Williams had a lot of great plays, it was Patrick Mahomes that led them down the field. That's true. That's true. But Damian Williams, shout out to him. He balled out, man. He had a he had a lot of all purpose yards. He had that uh the game ceiling touchdown. He broke it like forty. He balled out. And I just want to bring your attention to a text message that was sent from JB to Dan the Man on Sunday, February second, two thousand twenty, at uh-huh. eight forty eight p.m. Which heck? I'm sure if you guys Google, you'll figure out that the Chiefs were losing at this point. Pretty, uh-huh. pretty badly. Patty comeback about to make his move, <laughs> and yeah. that is my nickname for him too. Hey, Patty comeback, because that's who he is. He's the comeback kid. He, I can't wait to continue to watch him play. But let's look at let's look at the other team. Kyle Shanahan, coach of 49ers, has now been in a prominent position of two. Super Bowl losing teams that should have won. Yep. He was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. Now the head coach of the 49ers. Yeah. Who's to blame for this loss? I'm not blaming him. Well, I blame him for that Super Bowl against the Patriots because he clearly should have kept running the ball. But there were some throws and things that happened in this game that that they just couldn't tr- control. Well, they could have if they like to commit penalties or if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would have hit Emmanuel Sanders on that wide open deep ball. But you remember that play before the half when uh, Kittle. Kittle pushed yeah. off? He, 
if he would have just like just kept running, ran under the ball, got it. Whole yeah. other story. And I mean, that's why I say the players play, the coaches coach. Yeah, he can't get on the field. He can't put their arms in certain directions. He can't do any of that. Yeah. So yeah, that's not on him. Uh, he played a good game. I. I would actually go to the other side of the ball. I I think that the defensive play calling got pretty relaxed towards the end. They were getting good pressure with three men rushes for a while. Yeah. But when they stopped getting those pre- those pressures, they, they didn't, didn't more, they didn't yeah. change anything up. That's they just true. said, "Oh, well, it'll start working again." And what happened? Patrick Mahomes happened. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a good learning experience cuz it, it's a young coaching staff pretty much all the way through. True. For the 49ers, but do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the kind of guy that can keep bringing them into this position? Oh, I mean, he hasn't lost a lot since he's became a starter in the league. So, I mean, he'll go. They'll go as far as he goes because it's crazy. They just were in a position to pick uh, Nick Bosa, and they were just in the Super Bowl. That's a one-year turnaround, and the only thing that wasn't there last year was Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I think he plays a big factor in that team. So do, those, so do those running backs. But, yeah, I think they'll go as far as he takes them. Okay. All right. And we'll see. I just – I have a hard time being a complete believer in him. But, yeah, so we'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, but let's let's move on now to the offseason. So we're, we're officially in the NFL offseason. We've got some XFL football. Do you watch any of that? Yeah, it was kind of dope, bro. You know, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm going to try to watch it this coming weekend, at least a little bit. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but let's talk about some of these players that have left, right? So yeah. let's talk about the legendary tight end, first of all, Antonio Gates. Man. Bro. I know it's your boy. That is my boy. He was the number one receiver for us, basically, for... All of our, our best years, Antonio Gates was our number one receiver. And it was him, Phillip Rivers, and LaDainia Tomlinson. That's, that was the core of our team, I man. I think he's the number one uh, tight, tight end. I think we're receiving touchdowns, or is it yards? It's one of those, because Tony Gonzalez is the other. But Touchdowns. Touchdowns, okay, yeah. But he's been a baller for us, man. I'm glad he, he went out. He went out on top, man. He's good. He did, and, and he... Tony Gonzalez kind of led the way with it, but he like showed teams really that the yeah. basketball player turning to tight end yeah. works. Works. And how like how many times have we seen a sense? Like almost every team has at least one tight end on their roster that used to be a basketball player in college. Exactly. So let's just I just want to talk a little bit a couple of his achievements here. He was on the two thousands all decade team. He's on the all San Diego Chargers team, eight-time Pro Bowl selection, 2004 through 2011, and uh, he's been the first team All Pro three times. That's quite a resume. You know what you call that? You call that Canton worthy. Exactly. Because he's gonna wear a gold jacket. Hall of Fame. That's right. Now, one guy that we can debate about, I still think he does make it. Luke Keekley. He retired young. It's Jeez, sad. It's because so of injuries. It, he's. From everything I've heard, among the smartest linebackers to ever play the game. Yeah. Uh, and he's you know uh, he's on the hometown team. We all hate to see it. Ooh, I hate it for the city, bro. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? We'll get more into that in a future episode about yeah. kind of God. where the Carolina Panthers are. But 
If it was you, if it was your decision, does he make it into the Hall of Fame? Um, I'd definitely say yes because he did it with such a short span. Like his career, I mean, from rookie year to him retiring, he was the best or not the second best linebacker in the league. So if you could be the best player at your position for eight straight years, you could definitely be, uh, you're welcome in the Hall of Fame. Like, I feel like if we keep his same stats and just add a couple years, it would, there'd be no question that it's Cannon worthy. So it's almost more impressive, I feel like. Exactly. Uh, I mean, he's got seven Pro Bowl selections. That's one less than Antonio Gates. Mm-hmm. He was defensive player of the year, his second year in the second league. Second year? Like, Come on. Yeah, he, he's got to be. I mean, the only thing that's going against him is that he's from Cincinnati, Ohio, but, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Now, the next guy I want to talk about is probably one of my more favorite debates as to whether they're Hall of Fame worthy, Eli Manning. So, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time beater of the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. However, he has a 500 career record. Yeah. He, um, his stats aren't they're not spectacular. This, for me... He's the anti-Philip Rivers. Yeah. This, for me, with Eli Manning, this is about damn time. Like, th- I feel like this is about three years too late. He should have been... Did this. He should have been walked away. I mean, he, he's Retired been playing... winning record. Yeah, he's been playing terrible ever since he, like... Probably, what, four or five years now? So it's good that he's retiring... I don't think I don't know his Hall of Fame. Him being Hall of Fame worthy, it could go. It could be no or yes, depending on what you're looking at. But I don't know what you think about that. So, it like if if it comes, let's say it's a tie vote, and it comes down to me as a voter. If I if I was a voter, I'm looking at stats. I'm saying yes, it's nothing special whatsoever. He's average. However, I don't want to be the guy that decides that for the first time ever, a two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback, a two-time Super Bowl MVP quarterback is not going to make it in. I don't want to be the guy to make that decision. I, yeah, I agree with you, man. Because <laughs> definitely, look at it, man. You take away those two rings, he's it's a definite no. But those two rings, look at, he beat two. One of them are undefeated Patriots team. They could have been, what, 18-0. He beat that team, then he beat another Patriots team. So. There's also one thing that we haven't talked about yet that's very important, and that's the fact that I really feel like if I met Peyton Manning, we would be really good friends, and I don't want to make him mad. <laughs> so I'm going to vote his brother in. True. Eli, you get in. <laughs> but by those two ring fingers of yours, that's how you get in. You get in because of those rings, because we know who your brother is. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so I just want to talk about one more guy, Vernon Davis. I remember when he was getting drafted, he was a beast at the combine. Fast, strong. He he could cut. He could run routes. He could do it all. I think the strength was in his hair. You remember he had dreads? (laughs) He cut it off. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's true. So he 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 did win a Super Bowl. He's got two Pro Bowls and. He led the league in receiving touchdowns one year. I mean, he had a really solid career, but it's not like Hall of Fame worthy or anything. He was definitely a good player for the time that he was playing with the 49ers. And we tailed off with the Redskins. But 
I mean, it's, he was just a good, solid player. It's good to see him go. Not good to see him go, but I mean, like, he's happy leaving, so shout out to him. Yeah, he, he had a career he can hang his hat on. I don't believe it's Hall of Fame worthy, but it that's okay. He yeah, I mean, he left it all out on the field. Got to he play in the hard. Super Bowl. Nobody, nobody talked about his character. Nobody talked about his effort. He played. He made money. And he enjoyed the game that he loves. So, good on you, Vernon Davis. And everybody's favorite time of the week. It is the social corner. Social corner time. So, I kind of, I got my, my bartender hat on again. And I made, I made you a little something and I had a little something different. So, I made, I made Dan some, uh, Peach Parmesan, I mix it with some vanilla ice cream, chopped it up, mixed it real good, and it just got me a little milkshake a little a little runny, but it was milkshake and what'd you think? Bro, this is perfect. Like, I can imagine drinking this and eating like a big plate of chocolate chip cookies or something like that. Like, Oh yeah, it's perfect. full on dessert time. Yeah, it's like a Bailey's type thing, but bro, it's perfect to Parmesan with it. The peach flavor with the ice cream is just it's perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna call it right now, I'm gonna call it Paul's Peaches and Cream. That's hey, that's what I'm calling it. I like it. Yeah. So uh, I have something a little different. You brought over a hard, a hard root beer. Yeah. I don't think you understood how much I absolutely love root beer. <laughs> I do. I'm from up north, us northeasterners, we love root beer. So I I made a root beer float with it, using the vanilla ice cream as well. Chopped it up real good. I made it a little bit, a little bit more chunky because I do like having little ice cream chunks. But man, it was good. It was real good. Yeah, yeah. So, what are we listening to? What is the song that is on deck this week? What hardcore rap <laughs> tune, hip hop vibe are we listening to? Well, first of all, JB, in honors of my boy JB. For those of you who don't know, he turned dirty 30 today. Oof. The big 3-0. Oof. So shout out to JB, man. Happy birthday, man. Thank you. Thank you. I Happy birthday. It. So the song that we're listening to is actually not a rap song. So we ain't listening to no funky hip-hop. We listening to this song. It's called Cool. It's by my boy, Zach Villery. I actually heard this song on a TV show called Dear White People on Netflix. It's a real dope show. But when I heard it, I was like, dang, man, this is catchy. It's like a real, like, nerdy type song. But, man, this sounds good to me. I like it. So, y'all y'all probably vibe with it. If you don't, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> we adding it to the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's going to be there anyway. Skip it if you don't like it. All right, everyone. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, next week, we are going to be in the thick of talking about potential playoff matchups for the NBA. Yeah. We'll... We'll see what's going on. We'll start doing some team-by-team uh, team analysis for the NFL. And, I mean, we got a lot of content, so don't worry. Just because the Super Bowl's over doesn't mean we ain't going to talk about nothing. Yeah, man. Stay, stick with us. Peace. You can't tell me that I'm cool. I've always wanted to be cool.